This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. currently in a season where, for example, healthcare workers are in a situation where every day they're putting their own health on the line as they're trying to help others. Hospitals are overcrowded, they're full, emergency rooms are full, and conditions are such that there are illnesses that we don't have a known treatment for. So, You're working these long hours. You're in the hospital. Maybe you've even already contracted a virus, let's say. You can't go home to your family because you don't want to spread it to them. So now you're quarantined in the hospital for weeks and days on end, and you're not there to really assist your family at this difficult time. This requires a strong sense of what we're going to call resilience. And resilience is that ability to recover quickly from some difficulties, from tough times, from setbacks. And it's that ability to spring back into shape after having absorbed some damage, but not becoming damaged because you're absorbing it. This is challenging when we think about it, that we are expected to somehow resist in an extreme circumstance and come out with minimal damage or difficulty. So what helps with that rapid recovery? What helps with being able to come out quickly and still be functional and still be able to do the job that you're called to do? Sometimes people say that when you're resilient, you're able to bounce back. What I really like is something that I heard from some clients some years ago. And what they said, not just bounce back, but we want to be able to spring forward. That means that even as you're tested by these tough times, you go through this trial, this endurance scenario, you can be made stronger like gold that goes through the fire. And gold that goes through the fire, it doesn't go through the fire to be destroyed. Rather, it goes through the fire to burn off the impurities and to become more pure and to be reshaped into something even more magnificent. And when you're in that fire, you're more flexible, you're more adaptable at that point. And so that's really what we're talking about is being made stronger And when you come out on the other side, having learned many lessons, you then can spring forward and be ahead of where you were before the crisis. I also think of a picture from Aesop's Fables where you have this oak who's standing really tall and strong and sturdy in the storm. But when the big storm comes, it actually uproots the oak and knocks it over. On the other hand, you see a reed, which is much skinnier, much 
less strong in the in the normal sense that we think about than an oak tree. And the oak is wondering, well, how did this reed survive the storm? And the reed says that he survived the storm by bending and allowing the blast of air to go over him rather than just resisting that storm. So we have to learn to bend and to be flexible and adaptable and let the storm go over us. And so there are just a few things I want to just highlight that help in cultivating that resilience. So number one, you want to stay positive and optimistic. That means you want to fill your mind with stories of triumph and stories of inspiration. There's a reason why I often read about people from prior decades and centuries and how they got through hardships and difficulties, because the notion is they're people, just like we are. If they could get through that, I can get through that. And so you want to fill your mind more with those kinds of examples and stories and limit your time in front of the television listening to the negative message and the negative news and the negative story. And sometimes on the news, they do cover stories of triumph and inspiration. Listen to those. So that's number one. You want to stay positive and optimistic and feed your mind those positive stories. And number two, you want to keep that perspective, as I mentioned even before about leading in difficulty, that perspective that says, I can see through the dimness of today to a better tomorrow. We will get there. So you set your sights out there past the obstacle. And what this reminds me of, I remember when I was in the Army and we had to do land navigation using a compass. And sometimes when I would set the azimuth in the direction we were supposed to go and I saw where I had to walk, it might mean that I had to walk through this cow pasture where there were these unruly cows. And having not grown up on a farm and being a city girl, I really didn't want to walk through the cow pasture. And so I had to set my sights on what's beyond the cow pasture. Where am I really going? And sometimes I could even walk around the cows to get back on track. And other times I had to go through them. But the point is, my objective is not to stay mired in there with the cows. I'm going to get to the other side, which is to where I'm going. And that's what we have to focus on. Number three, you want to identify the lessons that you're learning along the way. So ask yourself regularly, what am I learning? What's new? What are the new pathways, the new insights? What are some new ways of doing business that I hadn't thought about before? If we're in this situation again in the future, what would I do differently? Well, for example, some people are saying to themselves, I'm now learning that I've always heard that we should save for a rainy day. But you know what? haven't really done that. Now I think I'm going to start saving for a rainy day so that I actually am able to sustain my personal self for six months if there's a crisis. And even on the business end, as a business owner, how are you saving for rainy days in your business? So when you get to the other side, you might institute a larger rainy day fund, possibly, as a, as a way to getting through this. And then number four is to recognize everything bad that may be going on in a crisis is not because 
of you necessarily. In other words, sometimes people get so self-focused that they become depressed and inwardly blaming themselves. Sometimes there are just circumstances out there that are beyond our control. And it's not because we've done anything wrong or we failed to do anything. It's just life. When that hurricane comes, when that tornado comes, and it's just life, you don't blame yourself because your house collapsed. You sit down and you think about, now, how am I going to be rebuilt? What am I going to do differently? How am I going to help someone else rebuild their house? And it's not about blame. It's about moving forward. And then number five is finding new ways, new pathways. And it's part of learning. As you're learning, you're identifying, you know, yesterday we succeeded by doing X. And today we're going to succeed by doing Y. And tomorrow we may have to succeed by doing Z. So, for example, suppose you are the owner of a gym and you're in a town or city where because of the coronavirus, all the gyms have been shut down. Well, that may be a good opportunity. You've never done it before, but now you're going to have your trainers to create some gym routines and activities that are live streamed and you can still conduct your classes with your membership out there and you can have them tap in and still maintain their physical fitness. And maybe you've never done live stream before, but that's an example again of how to bounce back, do something different, and you're springing forward now with new skills, new approaches that you really didn't have before. So the watchword of resilience in order to spring forward to that point is flexibility, adaptability, and learning, and being able to see through to the other side of the crisis. So I encourage you to bring that perspective to whatever you're going through. And if you need some additional encouragement, I recommend my book, Lead Yourself First, The Senior Leader's Guide to Engaging Your People for Greater Performance and Impact, because in this book, I tell a number of different true life stories of resilience and getting through tough times. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.